Hello everyone and welcome to episode 6 of the Academica Vertex. This week I'm joined by the regulars in Chris and Aditya. There's been some big fixtures in the first game week of the new FPL season with Man United beating Leeds 5-1, Norwich losing to Liverpool and Liverpool keeping a clean sheet in that 3-0 fixture and Tottenham getting one over City with a 1-0 win. Harry Kane, were you watching? Anyway, Aditya, how have you been and how did you do this first game week? Nice to be back on for this next episode. And finally, FPL is back. We all witnessed how game week one was. And your intro was so, so, you know, full of sorrow, I would say, based on the points you scored 79. But uh, we're all not happy with our scores based on what the community has scored. But as what I would like to iterate, it's still 37 weeks. Okay, it's just game week one. Uh, those who scored 100 plus points, excellent, well played. Great job. You guys nailed your picks. Those who have not scored 100 plus points are between the 75 to the 90 marks and all. Maybe you had one or two different set of players and who could maybe fall then in the next few weeks. So it's going to be interesting to see how things are going to shape shaping up for the next few weeks. But yeah, nice to be back on and game week two, where are you? <laughs> and Chris, how did you do this week? I finished on 96 points. Uh, which is actually really good. Uh, I never believed that I would actually be a bit disappointed by it. Uh, 96 points, which sounds mental to me. But yeah, the community did really well this game week. Uh, I think the key factor was uh, the midfield picks, which you know some people just got them spot on, and congratulations to them. But I just think uh, if you if your midfield picks not really fire off, just like mine, you know, I had Barnes, Gundogan. Uh, and Bundia, I think you should be patient. I think you should wait and see before you just, you know, do any, any, anything crazy. You know, knee jerk your way out of it. So I think it, it was a really good score. I think most of us in the community did really well. So I think we have to be patient and you know, look forward to the next game week. Yeah, indeed. Well, I mean, I only got 79 points, as you said in the introduction, but to be honest, I was quite happy with that. I saw my score like 79 points in most game weeks is a not a bad score to finish on um but with no bruno fernandez um i was quite happy i mean there was only really mares bamford and tony that didn't return for me um out of my attacking options you know um i had ing son greenwood and salah who returned um so i was pretty happy about that and i was happy that the son picked work uh, it always does seem to work against Manchester City, but um, how how did you feel about your team? How what were your successful picks and unsuccessful picks, Aditya, this week? And I mean, we're saying don't knee jerk, but we've seen we saw some price rises within like I don't know a day after the the fixture. So how how, how are you feeling? So my picks is I mean for game week one were really decent. I would say I mean who expects to score ninety plus points in the first game week itself? I mean. We all of us thought just scraping the averages where where we should initially look at for the initial few weeks. So I think I was initially expecting anything more than 60 or 55 points is where I would be happy. But 93 is okay, I would say. Pretty good. And uh, I had Fernandez, Salah, Penrama, Ings, Tony basically didn't manage to get points. Uh, I The last minute, I made, I didn't make a lot of changes, but I settled on Mares, And uh, the plan kind of hurt me a lot. But I basically got him you know, considering the game week two fixture against Norwich. So, I could have gone for any other player like uh, Greenwood or someone else to cover up, you know, the other spot instead of Maris. But I went with Maris basically to target for game week two. I had Rafinha, Ben White on the bench and Ufall saw all about one one points whereas Simicus, Trent and, you know, Sanchez. Basically, I mean, Trent and Liverpool defence, they got points. So, Trent and Simicus got six and Obviously, Robert Sanchez didn't keep a clean sheet. So, pretty happy with my picks so far. Game week one was pretty good. But um, I'm just hoping for a lot from Maris from game week two. And Man City looked very, very off the mark. I would say they were not that great. They were uh, lethargic, tired. They were not able to like put the ball in the net. They would do all the things right to go in the box. And then they would get beaten in the counter, basically, by Son, Bergwijn, Mora, and Skip and the others. They looked good. So, Overall, a good game week, I would say. There's still a lot of game weeks left to cover up. 
you know those points which we have lost in the initial few weeks but yeah pretty much happy with the start i had so far yeah very nice i mean the one thing that i can see that we both have um slightly in in common um with our teams where we both didn't do well was uh ivan tony i mean we both know he was playing arsenal i mean well you can take that how it is but did you did you happen to watch the uh, the the Brentford Arsenal opening fixture, Dieter? Yes, yes, yeah. There was a first game of the season, right? So I I was awake till about like two in the morning. Yeah, I saw yeah. it. Yeah, mm. and it was a great great match. And the first thing, first and foremost, is seeing the fans back in the stadium is you know gives us a very vibrant and a better atmosphere. Even for us sitting and watching games here. Over the last one and a half season or so, we would be just hearing those recorded chants and basically no atmosphere at all. It's like just playing FIFA, watching FIFA in reality. But now, seeing the fans back was a bit better, and that I think gave a better boost to Brentford. And they dominated the game initially. Arsenal did create about like 19 chances. They had about 22 attempts on goal. They would they couldn't put the ball at the back of the net. Obviously, they did not have Aubameyang, Lacazette. Both were missing. I was ill supposedly. Tierney looked good. Zaka looked good, and Smithrow. These three players from Arsenal, they looked really, really good. But the others didn't step up. Ben White again. I mean, you can't blame him. It was his first game, so let give him some time to settle. Obviously, and Arsenal defensively should improve. But Brentford took their chances, whatever they got, and they were up for it more than Arsenal. So that's why they deserve those points. And uh, Yeah, pretty happy seeing a team like Brentford win and seeing the success over the last few seasons has really got me amazed. And it's going to be interesting to see how they re- they really are going to play so far in the upcoming few weeks. The only thing in terms of fantasy I thought was potentially Tony wasn't as involved in the players you may have liked him to be. Um, I don't know who it was. I think it might have been Mbuemo, or, or I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah, yeah, it was Mbuemo who was playing out of position. So basically, as far as what I saw, Tony was dropping a bit behind, helping out, getting the ball forward, being basically the target man and mm. releasing the balls ahead. And Mbuemo was basically playing out of position and was making those runs. And I think there was one pass from Ivan Tony, which I think Mbuemo hit the crossbar from the right hand side. So we could have potentially got another assist there, but. Was a tough chance, but if he continues to play out of position and he's priced five point five, he's going to be a bargain. Once their fixtures also, you know, get a bit better, and once we also see what they made up over the next few weeks, so it's interesting to see. Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I definitely thought that he, Tony's involvement, as you say, he played more of a target man and held the ball up. So in a way, that was kind of disappointing to see because we didn't really see Tony um, with many chances on goal. But at the same time, um, if he holds the ball up like that and plays as that target man, we could see quite a few assists from Tony in the future. Um, and of course, as you say, as five point five, and Buemo, he didn't he didn't uh, get any points. But um, as, as an out of position playing in midfield as a striker, you can have the potential to get that extra clean sheet point um, and then the extra point for. The goal as well, so we'll we'll see. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll see uh, how how good he is going forward. But um, anyway, Chris, uh, <laughs> we haven't heard much from you today. Um, so uh, of course you had Gundogan in your team um, as one of your three midfielders that blanked. Um, how are you feeling after after that sort of uh, City game? Um, I w- I watched the game. You know, I I thought uh, you know I thought the City could would win but you know not comfortably which was seemed to be the case until half time but i think as the game progressed i actually uh, i said to my mate uh this is going to be one Tottenham win and so it was i just knew that Tottenham were going to uh, find a way to score from a counter they always look so dangerous in the counter and i think city didn't really do their best to stop uh, those counter attacks uh Gundogan, I, th- I actually really liked his positioning when he played, I think he was still playing uh, pretty high up the pitch, putting some, himself in good positions to receive the ball. You know, coming late into the box, I said it last season, was you know, we all know how well he did. But I just, um, I think that the whole City team was not, uh, same as last year, they weren't uh, in the best form. I think they're going to need some time to 
you know, uh, pick up the pace, which would worry me if I w wouldn't worry me for now because they're playing against Norwich uh, first game home. But yeah, Gundogan seems to be injured. And I think he could, he could miss the game, which is a bummer because I, I picked him. Part of the reason which I go went for him was the game against Norwich where I could see like a big score coming. So I, I really there ignored the Greenwood or you know Ben Rama. Which uh, hurts, but yeah, I think that's a feel for you. So I need to reconsider, and I think he would be a nice pick. But since he's injured, I'm just gonna wait and see because I'm really not sold on anyone right now. I just, wanna, you know, I wanna have a better outlook of the situation. You know, get more information, decide what I'm gonna do with my two free transfers uh, next week. Yeah, to be honest, I thought in a way City got a bit lucky. I think. Tottenham could have punished them much more. They, I thought the defending was absolutely atrocious from City. I mean, when maybe they get that Stones-Diaz partnership back, um, it might be a bit better. But um, did did you did you, you watch the game? You said Chris. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, I I thought they got let off the hook quite a few times. Son was only wasn't that clinical. I mean, he he scored that one goal, but there was multiple times when they had good counter attacks. Where they could have easily been punished more than once, um, yeah, and if I if I owned a city defender right now, I wouldn't I wouldn't particularly be um, too too happy to be honest. Yeah, I think one of the reasons I didn't really look at the city defense that I knew uh, Ake was gonna play and Mendy too. I think both of them really really lacked the quality that City need, and I think they. They can't help the whole team perform as a whole. I think the, the Diaz and Stones partnership did play a big role last year, and I think Stones out for now. I think uh, uh, they're not gonna be as you know as good as they were. I think if it, I think Norwich will be a clean sheet. I mean, I think that's inevitable. But you know, going afterwards, Arsenal, uh, Chelsea, Southampton. I think they're gonna be tough games for the defense, and I wouldn't really look on investing them uh, until game week seven or so yeah I, I totally agree with you there I thought um, Mendy and Ake just weren't up to speed um, but we'll, we'll have to see going forward and um, obviously no invincible season for City now so uh, there's a silver line to every cloud so <laughs> um, so have you looked into replacements then uh, to be honest, I did, I did, yeah, because, uh, you know, if, even though you, I'm really, uh, really hoping I, I can roll, I mean, a price hold would, you know, I, I think that will make me reconsider if, if I really want to roll the transfer, because, you know, I, I think Team Bali would be really important this year, with all the big hitters uh, emerging, so, yeah, I think if there's a price hold, I, I might be actually looking uh, towards a move, and, and to be honest, I really did want to move him to Son. Because he's my, despite Bruno and Salah, he's my high, highest uh, priced midfielder at 7.5. And, you know, if I want to afford Son, I, I would need to, you know, sacrifice him uh, to gain, to make the move easier. So if I if I do choose to downgrade him, it should have been, it, it has to be like a really cheap midfielder, which I'm not sure I'm up for. Uh, yeah, so I'm really, really trying to think about it. If I could, though, uh, downgrade him to someone, I think Greenwood is a really, really nice uh, sideways switch. I think his performance was really, really good against Leeds. Uh, he should keep his place for some time. He can play in many positions too, so I think that's good for the team and for him. At 7.5, he he has to offer immense value in that United attack. But yeah, but I think Ben Rama, uh, he was really good, really good preseason. He you know he smashed it against Newcastle, but I personally wait. Uh, there's rumors that Lingard will sign for West Ham, and I'm really not quite sure how will that how that will impact uh, their starting excite because I think Lingard has to get in right away. Uh, you know, based on the impact he had on them last year. So I think it's a wait and see uh, that one. And someone who really caught my eye, and I think who really did go under the radar in the community. I think uh, Sauer from Watford. I think he he could be one of those talisman. From the lesser, lesser good teams such as Watford, and I think his fixtures ten really, really nice uh, come game week four. So, 
I wouldn't mind, you know, taking the pun on him at six million. Yeah, Saul was absolutely incredible. Obviously, he was in the championship last season. It was like complete. He was like OP for the championship. He played against Reading and got like a brace in three minutes. Um, but yeah, Saul is a top top player and de definitely a, a Premier League quality. Um, so anyway, so the best replacements you're saying is uh, Greenwood. Saw Ben Rama. We're not too sure about Lingard, to be honest. Um, I'd love it if you could make a move personally because I don't. I think it's wasted talent him being in that Man United side, um, and he's got so much potential um, at, at West Ham. So um, the the great thing about Greenwood as well is after Simiscas loses his place, um, if if the prices stay the same, you Can can I just correct you. Simikas. 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 <laughs> it's hard to pronounce when you're not uh, Greek or Cypriot. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone's getting it wrong. It triggers me a bit. So, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Simikas. Okay, that's it. Well, yeah. it's good to good to know from a uh, a local, I guess. Um, <laughs> um, but you can always do that sideways sideways move from Greenwood to Jota, which is nice. Um, so. Anyway, any any thoughts about the uh, the the fixtures? How did you feel watching that Man United game, Aditya? Obviously, you're Bruno owner. I'm the only one here, isn't? So I'm in a minority. But um, it was almost playing up front, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was very different to watch United play in such a style. I think the the front three was kind of rotating a lot. They were more fluid and flexible. There was no uh, certainly called as a striker who would be staying at the fixed position. So. So they worked a lot on their positioning and all. So we'll be seeing a lot of movements in the front three. And you might see occasionally maybe Fernandes dropping a bit deeper, Pogba going ahead. Or Fernandes ahead, Greenwood dropping a bit behind to assist and all. So we'll be seeing a lot of movements and rotations here and there. So, I mean, Greenwood looked fantastic in terms of Greenwood. I think Solskjaer did say a few weeks back in one of his press conferences that he's the best finisher in the club so far. And obviously his goal against Leeds basically showed us his calibre. So Greenwood looked good. Fernandez, I mean, hat trick on day one <laughs> was kind of uh, unexpected. I didn't expect him to score, but not three. And then <laughs> Paul Pogba, I think, four assists. Again, totally unexpected. But the fan, half the fan base wants him out. Half the fan base wants to stay. Wants him to stay. Um, we want a CDM basically to make him play a bit natural to his position and all. But I think Solskjaer is going to play somewhat the same lineup as what he did against Leeds and probably Sancho will probably start in place of uh, James and then Varane might start in place of Lindelof. I think that's what's going to be the lineup against the Southampton. So, I think in terms of United assets, Greenwood looked good, Fernandes looked good, Pogba looked good, Sancho wait and watch. Let's see how he gels and how he plays. Martial, I don't think so, is going to play. Edinson Cavani, Maybe after the international break or so. I'm not sure if he's going to start immediately now. We'll have to wait and see what Solskjaer says. I think with Paran joining the training now, he did join the team training few two days back. And uh, I think he should start against Southampton. And the defence, I think, should start to look a bit better from now on. So Luke Shaw also looked good. Didn't get the assist, unfortunately. Didn't, you know, he was bombing forward ahead, creating a lot of chances, you know, creating spaces. So he looked good. So United overall looked great. And um, let's see what happens. I mean, we should not get carried away. It was just the first game. So we lacked consistency over the last few seasons. We didn't have the right set of players, you know, the best 11 players. And then you have your reserves and your subs and your backups. Your entire team and squad strength was lacking, which is now getting better. So let's see what happens. Chelsea looked good against Palace. So I think Chelsea United looked good. And Liverpool also look good against Norwich. So all the teams are basically the top five, six teams are coming back and are showing their strength here. So going to get interesting. But United look really, really good. But we'll see what happens. No, it should not get carried away a lot because then <laughs> should not expect too much at the start is what I would say. Let's see where things take on. And in terms of Gundogan replacements, uh, I had Mars. So Mars, I think, had one attempt against Spurs in the first half and kind of, you know, being hit it wide. So, 
was a bit concerning seeing City play that way, not able to finish those chances. But let's see if they manage to sign Harry Kane before the deadline day. It's going to be interesting. There's going to be a lot of buzz and drama. And with Lukaku also joining, I think it's going to be a headache for us in the next few weeks or so where we kind of restructure our teams, you know, make all those adjustments here and there. So, I think Greenwood is the best move if you can't get in Grealish. Or else, if you want to be, if you want it in the best punt, which is Ferran Torres. But if he playing so he doesn't start, is a concern. So, that's what I would like to add. And do you have any advice for me, like going forward with no Bruno? How scared should I be, and how how can I work around saving that extra two million or saving that not not spending the twelve? What do you think my best strategy is here? I think you have Hyun Min Son, right? I think those managers who have Fernandez and Salah might not have Son, or they might have Son, and they might have a bit weaker two midfielders or weaker forwards and all. So I think you have Hyun Min Son, who's looking good, mm. and so I think you're a bit lucky in that manner. But for me, I can't break my team to get in Son, so I'm just going to wait and watch. But you need to pray every game that United don't get a penalty. So that is one thing you need to pray every night. Every morning when you wake up, oh God, please, Fernandez will not get a penalty. You have to pray for that because if he gets one, he's going to score this point. We're going to be in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, but, but again, likewise, if Spurs get a penalty and if Kane leaves, you'll be like, oh God, Son is going to take it now. Son took most of the set pieces and the free kicks, so we're able to see right how well Son is playing now. But I think if you've managed to structure your team and spread out the funds evenly, having the best options from each side, and I think if you have a uh, sorry Greenwood, I think you have Greenwood, right? So I think uh, fine, they're not going to get like burnt out badly, but you could look at Sancho if he starts stepping up ahead in terms of if you don't have Fernandez. So Sancho could be a good option if he settles in well and he starts returning points. But other than that, uh, maybe Pogba if you want to double up, if you want to cover up those funds for not having Bruno. Bruno is 12 and 7.5 plus 7.6 is basically 15.1. Do you, do you think this, this Pogba kind of this well, his form will carry on like this? Because those four assists were, were incredible, but do you, do you really see it continuing? He has one year left in his contract. So basically, he's going to go out on free. He's going to play his best football, going to tell the world, I'm the same Paul Pogba. I have the talent. I have the caliber. I can play anywhere. He's basically telling PSG and the other clubs, sign me up for free next season. So, he has to step up his game and play his level. And if United also want him, they also need to start looking at his contract. So, he's going to play the way he has been playing for France. He played well. Now, I think it's time for him to step up and play well. I think the atmosphere has changed at United. Fernandes has become a key player or the talisman. Uh, since his arrival, I think Pogba's dependency and the headlines has gone a bit low, but still Pogba attracts a lot of media news and nonsense and all. But with Varane in shop playing well, Greenwood, Sancho, Riceford, Kamani, core is getting better. So I think Pogba has to deliver now. So I think he has to play this season. I think he should play well. That's how optimistic I am. But again, I don't want to get carried away a lot. Mm, building a good squad there, to be fair. I mean, with Varane coming in as well, it looks like United really could uh, go a good distance this season. Um, but yeah, what I was thinking about to, to sort of cover Bruno's output with the United games, I initially did want Cavani in the, in the side because if if Bruno gets lots of assists, my thinking was hopefully Cavani is the the guy to get on the end of those assists. But obviously, we're still waiting for his uh, his return. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd be pretty happy with with that as a United fan. Um, and did did you watch the Chelsea game, Chris? Um, I, I was somewhere with my friends, but I I because I'm I'm such a crazy football guy. I had my phone and the game was on there. So yeah, I was watching most of it. Uh, yeah, to be honest, uh, I thought Chelsea were you know lots of uh, players missing, but I just think uh, the Palace game wasn't really an indication for anything. Uh, you know, we beat them comfortably. They had a uh, very little chances, uh, close to no XG actually, if I recall. In the, in the first half, they had zero XG, uh, which is quite mental. I think I think Chelsea will be talent contenders this season, and 
that game, you know, with a depleted squad, I think that proved it. And with Lukaku arriving, um, I, I can't stretch out how how excited I am right now. Uh, I just really want to see the team in full strength before I actually jump to any conclusions. Uh, as to whether how good we are, how good can we be, uh, you know. But I think Chelsea assets, fantasy-wise, I just don't think you you can really go there now. There's too many options, too much rotation. Uh, you know, we have to see a bit of an actual lineup to you know start digging in to, as to who could we pick for the for the great run of fixtures from game week seven. But I think defensive-wise, I think I think Chelsea will keep will keep many clean sheets even regardless of opponents. I think. Rudiger, 5.5. I think he's as nailed as it gets in that defense. And he can always get that out goal from a corner, uh, you know. So I think he, he's a really good option for anyone, you know. Uh, Wildcarding out Leo, even gaming seven. I think Rudiger is the best, uh, you know, six-pointer guaranteed at 5.5. And obviously the big question is, how do you think Lukaku's going to fit in when uh, he comes back into the squad? Um, 11.5, I mean, that's that's a, a big price for a, yeah. a striker. It surely it's a heavy price. I, I would have preferred if he was at 11, maybe. I, th- I think that makes it, that would make it a, better, a bit better, a bit more attractive. But, you know, 11.5 really makes you, you know, makes you wonder and you know you have to really decide is he worth that much i think uh he's definitely a lock for me uh from game week seven and on i mean you know if things go smoothly but i just think in those uh really easy fixtures i think that's where he's gonna really really excel you know that 11.5 million you could be looking at two or three double digit holes you know the captain material that we all missed i think last season apart from harry kane in the forward sport so i think it really, it, he really is someone who I can see getting 20 goals this season uh, with the players surrounding him. And I think he, he's going to play most of the games, if not all of the games. I don't think we can afford to, you know, rotate him uh, in league games since we do want to win the league. I just think he, he will be the missing piece of the puzzle uh, that we had, that we just couldn't score last year. We had so many chances. You know, I think Werner just couldn't cut a striker. I think he, if he plays, he's going to play uh, in a wider role. And I think Lukaku's uh, introduction might actually help Werner because Lukaku's going to get more men to him, on to marking him. So I think Werner and Havertz and whoever plays besides him could have, you know, could benefit as much from him. So yeah, I'm really positive about it. Chris, I have one question here. If Werner... And Havertz play basically along the sides with Lukaku. Yeah. Is Mason Mount gonna play or is gone? He's on the bench. Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, I think Mount has been playing uh, amazingly. I think he's been sublime in every game. He's giving everything. I just don't. I can't see him actually being benched. Uh, but I honestly can't. But you know, I think it's also a formation thing. So since we're you know, playing three at the back. Uh, I think most times one of Werner and Harrods do not play uh, and, and Mount starts the game because I think Mount uh, is much more influential and he just, you know, he's he's much more impact. His impact is much more than, you know, I think Werner would be the one who will be benched. But yeah, it's going to be a tough, uh, tough, tough, tough choice because we're going to have so much depth in that attack with Pulisic, Ziyech, when he, we see it fit. We can't forget how good he was in preseason. I think if he returns uh, fast enough, he, we could have some crazy competition for those attacking spots. So yeah, I just think Kaiko is gonna be the only one uh, who is really, really nailed in that team because we just need the striker. And you know, I think Mount comes second to that, but I just don't really know about the rest. We're gonna have to wait and see because it's a really, really important thing to you know get right this season. I think. I have another question. Um, you say Rudiger is from game week seven the best chance, uh, best five point five for basically nearly guaranteed six points. Um, but what I know there's been a lot of discussion on this in the past. But what about Marcus Alonso? I mean, fifteen point hole, 
there. Um, if he does continue starting over Chilwell, uh, which seems to be the way that Tuchel is going right now, could we see potentially Marcus Alonso at 5.5 being a better pick than, than Rudiger? Uh, yeah, I just don't think uh, Alonso will start uh, again. I mean, if Chilwell's fit, I don't, just don't think he Alonso, you know, takes his place. I think Chilwell had a really good season last season last year, and he was, you know, I think Alonso is the best pick, the best left left wing back, but that I think that applies more when we're playing low block teams like you know Crystal Palace with a perfect example there when he can boost, he can go forward, get in the box, he can you know he can be a constant threat in order to break down the really tight defense. Uh, whereas I think Chilwell is a more complete player who, who can also be attacking, but I think his defensive awareness and his tracking back is much, much better. And I think when, you know, Tuchel wants to prioritize, you know, defending and not conceding in the in derbies, in the big games, I think he cannot really go with Alonso for that, unless he's got some actual plan in his head, which I, I couldn't be aware of. But yeah, I think, I think Chilwell will start ahead of him. I think actually Chilwa is a really good option at six, uh, based on how good he was last year for a, a solid period of time, if you remember, guys. So, yeah, uh, I, th- I think Alonso cannot be an actual option in the long term. But, you know, in the, the old game, which, which we know he, he's going to start, you know, take a pun on him, I, I would definitely do that because I think he, he, he he's trusted enough to, to start whenever Chilwa is a doubt, right? So I think in the old game, when you can actually take a punt on him yeah i think he's the best 5.5 mid uh, defender there is I'm, I'm actually doing a press conference here it's really funny yeah you're you're basically the uh the two cow you're our chelsea representative and uh dt is our man united representative <laughs> um i'm helping you guys with the questions you know i'm trying to to dig as much into to my team uh as possible <laughs> you're you're in the know for uh for the Chelsea. <laughs> one thing I've always seen over the last few seasons is that game week one and game week 38 are always one of the most bizarre game weeks wherein the unexpected things happen. So, so in terms of game week one, don't look at it or don't take a look at it too seriously and uh, don't start making those knee-jerk decisions and those rage transfers and all. Just wait for the initial two, three weeks to settle in and then make your call. Now, I am going to err on the side of caution here. So, I'm going to basically save my free transfer for this game week and uh, wait and see where things go on unless somebody gets ruled out from my team and I have no subs to get in, you know, not. Now, my plan, based on what I've seen, this is just what I could do or I might not do. Uh, now, what the first is West Ham's defense. Now, Vladimir Pufal or Sufal, the way you pronounce it. Uh, he looked good against Newcastle. He did make few runs. There was one uh, cross he gave to Antonio who hit the post. Then, then there was a penalty. So, uh, other than that, I've, I'm pretty disappointed with West Ham's defence. And we had some rumours over the last few weeks. Over the last week, to be precise, this Nikolo Milenkovic was supposed to join from Fiorentina. And all. I don't know whether it's true or whether the deal has happened or whether there's just nothing. So, West Ham, I'm disappointed. But let's see what happens next few weeks. Unless he doesn't get me offensive returns by game week three, I think I might show the door to him. Now, the other thing is Rafinha. Now, I went Rafinha instead of going with Greenwood and going with Grealish instead of Maris. So, I went with Rafinha and Maris instead of going Grealish and uh, Greenwood. Now, Rafinha looked good against Leeds. He had one shot, which is just hit wide. But other than that, he was just giving what he called overheated crosses. Not those perfect passes. was very sloppy. Bielsa got upset a few times. He was shouting a lot, I would see. And Leeds just got opened so badly in the second half after Luke Ayling's goal. I think they kind of lost their structure while defending and they were just all over the place. But uh, Rafinha, I mean, Leeds, they play Everton. Then they play Burnley again two weeks. But after that, from game week 5 onwards to game week 10, the fixture looks good. So, I'm in a bit of pickle here in terms of Rafinha. But I'm going to keep him. Because based on his last season performances and based on how Leeds played, I think it's a wait and watch is better. And I think he should start playing with 
Now the last player or two players is Riyad Mahrez. Again, I got basically because I want to target the Norwich game. Uh, it's looked he looked dreadful. I think Grealish looked a bit better, and who was priced eight and was kind of making those uh, runs, in the sense dribbling with the ball and driving the team ahead, and then you know, buying those typical fouls as what he's been doing on the last few seasons. But other than that, City kind of were attacking a bit better in their final terms on the left hand side. But they were equally sloppy on the left-hand side with both Aki and Mendy. They were getting outnumbered most of the times while you know, during the counter-attack. And, all. and Mendy was a bit sloppy with his passing, doing all those unnecessary trickery and all those stuff and giving away the ball. So they looked weak defensive on the left. A bit better on the right with Fernandinho, Canseo and Diaz. And Mares was dropping a bit behind deeper. And I could see at times Gundogan making those runs and Mares, you know, dropping a bit behind. So that concerned me. But other than that, uh, again, wait and watch. But Man City play Arsenal and then they play Leicester. Game week 3, game week 4. So this match is actually a make or break for Mahrez. If he blanks, I might have taken the risk and transfer him out in game week 3. But other than that, the last play is Ivan Tony, And he blanked, basically, last week. The last game week, didn't get those points. Just two points. Look good. He was more of a chance creator as what we discussed earlier. But uh, he had no attempts on goal. But the next few games, like from game week 2 to 4, it was Palace, Villa and Brighton. Wolves again till 5. It looks good on paper. And uh, Brentford did play well against Arsenal as a team. So, if he again fails to get me those points, I might look at maybe Pookie as a replacement from game week 4. Or Adam Armstrong, he did score a goal. So, if Southampton actually start playing well offensively, then I could consider sideways move towards his price, what, six. But other than that, the few midfielders who have caught my eye, obviously, was uh, Ismail Asar, as we discussed. He looked good. Other than that, I think Ben Rama played well. Greenwood played well. Uh, Leicester, Barnes, they were unfortunate. But Wadi again managed to score a goal. And Ricardo Pernambu, who had him, I think, were very happy with his performances against Wolves. But uh, Norwich are a team, I think, who played well, I would say, against Liverpool. And their front three was basically better compared to what they were last time in the Premier League. They had, I think, Milot Rashiska, Todd Cantwell, Puki, they played a bit better. And with the addition of Pierre Elise Melu, they looked a bit better side. I think they had about, they had more attempts on goal than Watford. They created the same amount of chances. Uh, I think 11 and 11 chances and 14 attempts on goal, but they failed to score. Allison, I think, made two great saves. So, that's why they didn't score. But other than that, I think Norwich looked good. So, it's going to be interesting few weeks for me to watch Norwich and maybe get in Tuki or someone else and maybe shuffle it around a bit. But I think that's what my plan is. I think I've not taken a lot of time, but that's what I'm sticking at at the moment. So, I think, I think I'm going to go next, maybe. Because uh, I really do have lots, lots of stuff in my mind. Uh, I think Gundogan is the first, you know, as I said before, I think it's my first dilemma. Uh, honestly, I just don't really know what, where to, uh, what to do with him. If he's imminent to a prize fall, I might look into bringing someone uh, in quickly. Uh, you know, I really, I really liked Son's performance. I think he was uh, leading that Tottenham line, never counter attack. He, he seemed to be the spear, the spearhead of that attack, and I just. I think I just you know he proved again that he can finish from everywhere, and I think he's one of the players who we don't really have in the prem that you know they can finish uh, the chance from a really really impossible situation where you don't really expect them to score, but they still do, and that's why he's you know overperformance of his xG. I think that's why it could be sustainable over the long term. I think he always uh, finds a way to score from you know less less possible angles, you know and. I uh, just think he, he's someone who I'm looking for. But since I do have Bruno and Salah, I, I'm not sure whether I really want him uh, there if I'm not going to you know captain him, although I could. Uh, against Watford and Palace, I think game week three, uh, he, he could be in four, he could be a really, really good captain option. Chris, but again, one, thing, one thing here, if you yeah. like Spurs' fixtures, okay, uh, why don't you go for someone like a Mora? From yeah. Gundogan, if you want that to attack those pictures. That was going to be maybe. my... That was, that's that's going to be my next, my next point. That uh, <laughs> I was thinking, uh, if, I ca- if I can't really stretch as much going to Son, who's 10 million, 
and that would require some big sacrifices. I think uh, Mora, I think he looked really good. He, he carried the ball a lot. He made uh, progressive runs, and I think he was really sharp. Along with Bergwijn too, I like him. Uh, Ali, I don't think he was so much involved in the attack, but I, I'm sure he did. He did really good work. He covered 11 kilometers or something, which is quite mental. I just, I think I'm gonna wait until game week three, because I really want to see uh, if Kane is staying, if Kane's gonna play. I think, I think that really impacts the whole outlook of the team, because that makes Son, in my opinion, less worth the 10 million, because he's not gonna take pens, he's not gonna be as charismatic. Uh, and that's gonna make you really think about you know Spurs as a whole and is it, who's gonna play alongside them, uh, Mora, Bergwijn, Ali. So I think that creates a bit of a you know a conundrum there, which I'm not sure how to approach. So I think if I w I would move to a Tottenham player, it would be uh, from Game Week Three, and that's why I'm still not really uh, I'm I'm hesitant on, on actually uh, selling Gundogan this game because I I just think we don't really have enough information to you know to actually use it on transfers right now but yeah i'm I'm gonna have to you know wait and see i really hope his price doesn't fall because i'm gonna have to you know maybe move out of him and it's gonna be a risk again which i'm not really uh happy to take at this point in time and one thing about Benrama, uh which is my next target if if lingard even if he does sign for west Ham, i just think Benrama could still uh keep his spot regardless because uh, he's playing with you know great form, I think you know at six million, even if he gets benched some one time, I think you can afford to have him there. Uh, and you know if you have bench cover, I think he's, he would it wouldn't be an issue for you. So yeah, uh, that, that are my plans. Uh, if I'm uh, if Kane leaves Spurs, I think I'm gonna be more keen on going for Son. So I'm gonna have to really really downgrade downgrade the spot in my midfield, and I might actually need to change formation, like you know to. To be able to have son so yeah uh that's me for now um just you know wait wait and see yeah sounds good i mean i think a lot of people want to carry the transfer and that's definitely something i'm going to be doing like um there's quite a lot of potential unexpected things to happen so um definitely carrying the transfer over to to game week two um building up two tr free transfers and seeing what the plan is i mean at some point i definitely want to do uh jota in for for greenwood and then some 4.5 instead of chris uh simicas right um simicas um so yeah um so yeah i definitely want to get jota in and have salah jota trent um i'll see how tony does um I mean, it's not someone I want to knee-jerk out, but um, Tony's definitely on my watch list as someone potentially to get out, and Antonio potentially someone to bring in. Um, so, um, but I don't know. I, I guess at this point in the season, it's it's difficult to to review your complete future and plans going forward because if Tony had scored a goal, I'd I'd say, oh yeah, he's nailed in my team. Like so. It's difficult to see, but um, going ahead to future fixtures, I'm I'm hopefully looking forward to Son um, staying in the team because his problem was sometimes not not getting points against the low, lower teams. But hopefully, with no Harry Kane, um, Son can can be the talisman um, and hopefully outscore Bruno at some points as he's my Bruno uh, replacement. So, yeah. That's that's my plan going forward. Um, definitely going for Jota at, at some point. But um, uh, does anyone? I, I have I have one question for you, Oli, because you're a Liverpool fan and you have not spoken yet. So it's your turn for a press conference now. Yeah. <laughs> now, so uh, I think since uh, when Firmino came on in the second half, Liverpool's front line looked a bit better organized and there were better movements. Although Salah from net one looked good, but I think when Firmino came in, they looked a much better, all the three of them together, they knew how, you know, how they play together, basically their movements and all. But I think they looked a bit better once Firmino came on and he scored and Salah got assist. Do you think that Klopp is maybe giving Firmino some time off for the initial few weeks and maybe then get him in for Jota and then put Jota back on the bench or Firmino is over or he's going to be on the bench for a lot of time? 
Um, it's difficult. I mean, I, I think that... I think it's difficult to judge to say Firmino was, was really good. I mean, he was um, very, very good. Uh, against against Norwich, he, did he get an assist as well as a goal or or just a goal? I think it was just a goal. Just a goal. Yeah. Um, and but against Norwich, it's it's difficult because anyone can can do well. Not to disrespect Norwich too much, but um, in that Liverpool side, anyone can can score well. But I think you are right that Firmino did did look very good linking up with Salah. Um, but we saw a few times that. Jota last season was came off the bench still to score points, um, and we saw a few times uh, Klopp managed to fit all four into the attack. Um, so I think right now, I think Jota is first choice, um, and unless Firmino can continue to to outscore him, um, I don't think that will change. And for me, my plan is. Still definite, uh, Jota to replace Greenwood, um, and a, a new four point five defender, um, just a seven point five, seven point five straight swap. But um, I mean, with the history that Firmino's had with the club, like it, it is difficult to uh, to uh, kind of predict who's gonna start. But right now, I think it will be Jota just because he's he's been a lot better. Yeah, I think, let's see where things go on. But I think before we wind up, we need to discuss a bit about our captaincy calls for this game week. What are we looking at from now on? So, Chris, maybe, who are you looking to captain for this game week? Uh, I think I think it's the obvious uh, Bruno Salah uh, this week. Definitely one of the two. I think it'd be insane to not captain one of the two, uh, with all due respect, right? Um, but yeah, I think... Uh, I'm going Salah. Uh, I think he was really, really good. He actually created chances too, which I think he lacked a bit in, in the last seasons. He wasn't so creative, but I think that really, really makes me think that he can get you know more assists, which will really, really get him to more double-digit goals from last year. Uh, home crowd back in Anfield first game. I think the, the crowd does make a difference, and we see, we saw that. In game week one, home teams had a really, really bigger win ratio, more more goals scored. I just think the crowd and the the atmosphere of Anfield will will really help uh, all the, the whole team, but you know Sa as well to you know perform well. And I think Burnley are not not really uh, they're woeful against big sides away from home. I think with fans back and all, I think Sa is gonna be my choice. Bruno is really, really a good choice, but. Would I would I captain Bruno if he didn't score that hat trick against Leeds? In you know, I think Leeds always play in a, a bit different way against United, and they tend to concede a lot, which makes me think: Would I actually you know be be thinking about this if Bruno hadn't scored a hat trick? I just don't think he, he can repeat uh, this kind of a huge hole again uh, in an away game against a team who's not who might be weakened, but I just think Southampton. Have that profile of a team that won't go down easy, you know, in normal circumstances. You know, despite the the eight-one last year with the red card, you know, which it really, really, you know, it had an impact on the team. So yeah, Salah for me, uh, no doubt. Oli. Who's all the captaining? Definitely not Bruno. That's what we know. So, but other than, I don't, I don't know where he's gone. Is, is he there? I think uh, he had he had Bruno. And he might he might be scared to to reply. I think he's transferring Bruno or something. So, yeah, maybe. Aditya, so who are you captaining? Yeah. yeah. So again, I'm in the same spot as you. I mean. I've just kept it on Salah at the moment. As you said rightly, they're playing a rank field with fans back and could be a better atmosphere for Salah. Also to play with a... He's, he's generally good. We know how well Salah plays. And uh, I think I have no doubt captaining him. But again, you know, you know this this meme keeps on going around on Twitter. Uh, never back the early kickoff and all those stuff. So, 
I just wanted to get that point out before I could, you know, progress ahead. But uh, yeah. nevertheless, I think I'm pretty much stuck on Zala for now. Fernandez is now ICFP, same as what I did for game week one. If Mahrez had played well, if City had played well, that would have been a very differential option for me. But uh, it's I think it's definitely Mo Salah and then Fernandez, and then maybe somebody else, whoever you want. But I forgot to mention two players who look good. Uh, Everton, I think, had a good game against Southampton. Carlo uh, Tluin and Richarlison actually played very well. And I think I spoke a lot about him over the last few episodes of our podcast. And he looked good in the Copa. He looked good in the Olympics. And I think he's continuing his form here. And I think if you can't get in Richarlison, maybe someone, uh, sorry, Carlo Tluin, then Richarlison is a good pick unless he gets sent off doing all those unwanted things. But other than that, I think, uh, I don't know where Oli has gone. Is he there? Yeah, can you hear me, guys? Yeah. Sorry, my, Sorry, I, my, I, my, my microphone unplugged for a second. So, I was trying to get it to work yeah. again. Yeah, no, so I thought... You want to transfer Bruno, I think. We thought you had to go transfer Bruno in. Because of formal. Um... um. Uh, well, as as he wants uh, to. That's struggling to answer. <laughs> as Ross says in his book, if you enjoy the FPL season and you have fun, you're the real winner. So I'll take that to heart when uh, leaving Bruno out my team. So um, no, <laughs> I'm not transferring <laughs> Bruno in. I can't stand to watch the United games cheering Bruno on. Um, but. I, I like Greenwood a lot and I like Cavani a lot, so it's not uh I have a it's it's not I feel like for me the reason I I dislike Bruno is probably because he's so good. It's the same with Virat Kohli. I mean they're they're both <laughs> They're both so good that it it's uh I just dislike them but <laughs> um yeah, I mean it's it's not something I'm gonna be transferring him in. I, I think I stayed with Adam last season. I managed to end up doing okay. Um, I'll see how I can do. I guess it will be a it will be a sort of experiment um, to see. But how, you had how a very memorable season with Bruno. Yeah, it's true. So, I mean, Bruno Bruno saved me a lot of times in my first season. He scored me a lot of points and managed to get me like top twenty k in my first season. Um, and hold as a captain like on multiple occasions um i think the appeal for him on that first season he was like 7.5 million so like you you weren't not going to put him in your team because it was at 7.5 million is is an amazing price for him but at 12 million there is it's a still like so would you would you consider him if he was 10 the same price as son Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was ten point five last season, and I didn't have him. Well, I had him on my team for some of last season, um, but uh, twelve is a price where I can start to say mm, maybe I can get in a couple of replacements um, who who can out outscore a twelve million Bruno if I can have like if I can spread the spread the costs around a bit. Um, hopefully that that can outscore him. But for the for the foreseeable future, uh, and for for the kind of uh, ease of mind when watching United games, I, I'm not going to be transferring him in. But I might I might just bite my own words if I do transfer him in at some point. It, it's difficult when he's hauling every week. Is is true? So ah. Uh. Anyway, the question was actually who you're going to captain, so I think you need to answer that before. You yeah, think, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right now it's um, on Mares. Um, it was it was on Mares, but um, obviously for me it's between Mares and Salah. But I think Liverpool against Burnley in in the past, Burnley have tend to sit back quite a lot and frustrated Liverpool. Um, I would be quite keen to to captain um, Greenwood against. Southampton. I think if people own Bruno, Bruno should be a really popular pick this this week. Because, um, excuse me, I think uh, um, Vestergaard. He's not. He's no longer at Southampton right now. Is it, is that that's correct? Isn't it? 
Yes, yes, he's done this stuff. So I. He's best regret now. <laughs> I think um, against Southampton, it could be a very, very good pick and a bit of a differential. So, the my problem is is Greenwood is a hundred percent like, is he gonna start? Is it, do you think he's gonna yes, start? yes, absolutely until Rashford is back, Greenwood will start. So yeah, I mean between Mares and Greenwood to be honest, but the problem is Greenwood might not be the the main point scorer you know um it, it's really difficult to decide the captain this week because there's three good really choices in in greenwood Morris and, and salah who did who have you guys put it on sorry i missed that we're all in the same boat i think me and this are going for salah right now uh instead of bruno but yeah i think those are the two options i i would look at you know and, and if i might you know Change my mind, but yeah, I'm pretty set on Salah, as I said before. So is ADT, I think, yeah. Yes, yes, I'm on Salah, then Bruno, and then it's Mares for me. Those, those are my three picks on this team. The thing is, we had last season, is when we remember Son scoring guys at Southampton, they, they played that high line, and Greenwood is obviously um, very quick as well and very capable of getting in behind the defence. Um, I mean, the thing, Greenwood was... His involvement was pretty good um, against uh, Leeds. So, I, I don't know. I, in a way, I kind of want to captain him, to be honest, and go for a bit of a differential. Um, so, yeah. But I think what you could do is you could go with Salah as the obvious pick as what the majority of team managers are definitely going to do. Or you could maybe go for a differential like Greenwood or Maris just to cover up the points you probably lost in game week one. But that, again, is a risk because if they don't fire or give you the same points as what Salah could give or Bruno could give, then again, you're going to start to lag behind a bit. So it depends if you want to go and take a risk with a differential pick or play safe until a point and then start taking risks. Yeah, I mean, um, and uh, Salah's effective ownership will be above 100 against Burnley, right? So... If I don't captain in him, I'll be losing points on every point he scores. Um, but, I mean, I think Burnley have frustrated Liverpool in the past. Um, and I think they they might frustrate them again. And it might not be Salah who scores. Salah tends to enjoy uh, against West Ham a lot. But I don't think Burnley traditionally in the past has been a fixture where Salah has, has hold. Um so I think I think right now after this conversation I'm slightly even more leaning towards Greenwood um, just because he's quick we know that Southampton defence isn't great uh, they've lost Vestergaard and um, as we've seen already in the first game week Man United can can really hammer a lot of goals um, so yeah I think oh, it's so difficult but I'm sure I'll, I'll change back many times before the 21st of August. Is that is have we covered everything, guys, or do we yeah, want some more stuff? Yeah, I think we have we have run out of time, so <laughs> it's more than enough. Yeah, we've we've really covered things, and uh, let's see what Game Week Two brings to us, and you know, let's hope for a good season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely hoping for a good, good game week two, and hopefully, I think everyone. This episode has been. We've all been fairly content with our with our scores, really. I mean, I know you missed out on a hundred, Chris, but um, I'll, I'll be okay. I'll be fine. <laughs> I can live with it. I, I, I'm still fairly content with seventy nine. To be honest, my rank is at like two point three million, um, and seventy nine. I'm I'm not disappointed with that because. It's, it's it's not like I I got a good captaincy pick. I would have been annoyed if if uh, Salah had blanked or something, but to see uh, Bruno Hall with twenty points first, because Man United obviously played the first game and then Liverpool played. So it was oh look at everyone's got these points, and then it was like prey on prey on Salah, um, and then he he managed to get the points as well. So. Alright, um, I think as we're right though, we have run out of time guys, so thank you everyone listening um, from all of us at the Academica Vertex, stay tuned, keep with us on Twitter, FPL Academica, the underscore FF Academy, um, we'll be back next week with another podcast reviewing game week two and previewing 
game week three. Thank you all very much for listening and we'll see you next time.